Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on this Tuesday, 14th of February, Valentine's Day, 2023. Trust you're doing well, and I trust that if you are a uh, supporter of Valentine's Day, then you have a fantastic day uh, with your partner. Funny story, been married nearly, whoa, what is it, 2023, nearly 28 years, and uh, reflecting this morning, my wife was heading out to a meeting, and on the bench was two packets of little chocolates in the shape of love hearts. I'm thinking, oh, she's bought some chocolates for me. And then she proceeded to put them in the bag. And uh, now they were gifts for the people who were attending the meeting. And she turned around and said, hey, we don't celebrate Valentine's Day. We've never celebrated Valentine's Day since since uh, since we were married. And I said, well, actually, we did a couple of times before we were married, but that's about it. So for us, it's just another day. And uh, I could be really, really corny and say every day is a Valentine's Day. But uh, I tell you what, if you've been with somebody for so many years, it's, uh, it is a lot of hard work. And uh, literally every day can be like Valentine's Day. And it's just no different to being in a sales role, no different to being in a sales leadership role. You've got to continue to build trust and maintain trust and uh, earn the right to, uh, to be part of the equation, earn the right to be part of the partnership. So uh, if you are one of those people out there who celebrate a Valentine's Day, then I wish you a very happy Valentine's. And for everybody else... Have a phenomenal, phenomenal day. So um, not sure why I started the podcast with that, but uh, it just so happens to be top of mind because it literally happened this morning. So let's get into today's episode. And the title of this particular episode is going to be So What? with a question mark. Now, there's been a bit of a theme over the last few episodes, and I've been talking a lot about problem solving, been talking a lot about the fact that a lot of salespeople, as well as sales leaders for that matter, are often blinded by their own beliefs about their offerings and their solutions. And we've talked about... The fact that because of this, they're often, uh, they often default back to talking about their product and when they're placed under pressure, they will revert back to features, product and sometimes pricing. And if you've ever been in that situation where a customer is placing you under pressure, they're really challenging you on your product, your solution and particularly price, it's not easy to, uh, it's not easy to get out of that. And I've been, I've been guilty of this many, 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 many times where it feels like the further I talk, the more I talk, the, f- the more I'm digging a hole for myself because my thinking and therefore my strategy and therefore the conversation, the language that I use is often quite defensive, almost like I've got to try and convince the customer that what they're saying is incorrect. I've got to try and bring some sort of proof to prove that they're incorrect. I've got to try and convince them that the product, the solution, the pricing proposition is exactly what they need, uh, and often it's uh, it's surface level, and we wonder why we don't get deals done. And I, I was just sitting there this morning, just recalling on a number of occasions when I was in my uh, early sales career, when I'm sitting in front of customers, and I kid you not, it almost felt like I was having out-of-body experiences where I could see myself having a conversation, and I knew intuitively that I needed to stop talking, or if I was going to talk, start asking some questions, and yet I continued to push on and on and on. One, because I was really nervous. Two, I was trying to convince the customer that the product that I had was uh, was going to meet their needs, and I desperately wanted them to take it. But I was also nervous about things like silence. I didn't want to have silence. Now, the more I've 
it got experience in sales when I got into the sales leadership realm and particularly as I've been training and facilitating and working with sales leaders and teams for the last few number of years, I've come to realize that silence is golden and one of the key elements of psychology around sales, which I'm not going to delve into a huge amount today, is to remove ourselves from any pressure of having to get the perfect outcome. And that is, don't put pressure on yourself to get the perfect sale. Don't put pressure on yourself to have to close a deal. Now, one caveat here is we all know that sales is a numbers game, and at the end of the day, we have to get our number, right? Because otherwise, there'll be some conversations that I had, and that is not a nice conversation to have, particularly if you're behind and you're not putting in the effort and not having the strategies to actually give yourself every opportunity of hitting the number. But from a psychology point of view, the greatest salespeople that I know and the greatest sales leaders that I work with have this amazing ability to remove themselves from the outcome and they understand that what will be will be. So their attitude is, hey, if there's a natural consequence of a conversation where we can identify a problem, the customer's interested in a possible solution, then if we follow a pretty good process, and it's not a complicated process, but if we have a conversation and remember some of the things I'll talk about in today's episode, then high chance that they're going to actually want to purchase and the sale will take care of itself. But I see so many sales leaders putting so much pressure on their team to have to get the number. And I see it particularly in telemarketing organizations where they say, if you've got a live customer, here is a script to follow. If they say this, make sure you say that. If they say that, make sure you say this because their attitude is when you've got a live customer, we have to try and as much as possible retrofit our product, our solution, our service because we have that live customer on the phone. So we've got to try and close them at every opportunity. And when that happens, often the uh, often the customer feels as if they're being sold to. And if you ask most salespeople, if you ask them that question, how did that sales transaction feel? Uh, many of them will turn around and say, well, it felt like I was a bit pushy. Now, we have to close deals, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with asking a customer to take some action. However, in order to influence a customer to make what I call an informed purchasing decision, then we must be able to persuade them and not with the bells and whistles or not with excitement or not with the five-step close. It is with genuine curiosity and it is with an attitude of, hey, if the customer wants to do business, fantastic. If the customer does not want to do business, fantastic. But either way, I'm going to be okay because I might be planting seeds for a future conversation, which will result in a, in a sale, or at least it's feedback to, to help me understand, okay, what was it about my pitch? What was it about the way I approached it? Was there a match between the problem that the customer had or perceived they had and the solution that I had to make that problem go away? But one of the biggest questions we often don't ask as salespeople, and certainly as sales leaders, is did the customer actually want to solve the problem in the first place? Because there's a lot of conversations that are happening right now with customers who that's all well and good to say, yep, there's a problem in the marketplace uh, and we've got a solution for that. So we think a natural consequence of that will be customers will falling over, be falling over themselves to want to take that solution. Well, it's not always the case. And the fundamental question we've got to ask is, does the customer want to solve this problem? So one of the things I want to cover off today is a, is a, a process that I know uh, many of you may have heard, you might have to use it now, but it's all about being persuasive. And Three simple steps in terms of persuasive messaging and the key question around all of this is so what? So if nothing else from today, I want you to start thinking about all the conversations you're having with your internal team, all of the conversations you're having with your external customers and stakeholders. When you feel as if you are convincing and trying to influence, always ask the question. And don't have to do this out loud. You can do this in your own head. Just start asking the question, so what? 
Because what that question, so what, is designed to do is to start to get you to think on a deeper level. Too many of us are so fixated and so conditioned and so narrow-minded and narrowly focused on our own products, our own services, as we've been talking about in a number of the recent podcasts. By asking the question, so what, it forces us to get deeper and really understand, okay, if I put something on the table, what is the answer to that question, so what? Because that might just give me a bit more information or it might give me a new insight that could be, just could be, the difference that makes all the difference between that customer saying, yeah, I'd like to think about it or, hey, that is that is spot on. We need to actually move forward right now. And so it's not necessarily something you're going to be asking the customers, although they might, they might ask you that question. Hey, you're telling me about this product. So what? How's it going to help me? That will actually be a little bit more direct and it'll be a little bit more literal. But out of today's episode, if you can start thinking about all of your planning, all of your conversations about to go into customers, whether it be a discovery call, whether it be as part of a negotiation, if you keep in the back of your mind that little question, so what? It'll actually help you to refine your thinking and enable you to get deeper, not only in the understanding potentially of the problem, but also the understanding that you have of the solution to that problem. And then you can get it in a much better position to be able to articulate the answer and hopefully have the customer lean forward and say, hey, where do I sign? So let's talk about the three steps in the persuasive cycle. Now, the first number, the first step is all about the recommendation. And you think about this as a salesperson, as a sales leader, you're sitting in front of a customer and uh, most of those conversations are going to require you, unless it's a discovery call and you're trying to work out, is there, a, is there a problem that needs to be solved? And let's just assume you've gone through all of that and you're sitting in front of the customer and you are making your pitch. You're making your recommendation. Here's what most people do. They make the recommendation, say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, uh, we've articulated this problem based on the um, information you provided us. We've gone away and done some analysis and we believe we have the best solution for you. So what we're going to recommend is this magnificent little widget here that comes in multiple different colors. It also it has been backed by various scientific organizations as very, very safe, uh, leader of the pack, and it has these features, and we believe you should be purchasing this today. So it comes back to the recommendation, but most times the recommendation that any salesperson makes is heavily weighted towards what's in it for them, and they're trying to convince the customer based on the, all the features that that particular product or that particular solution has. And this is where the question, so what, comes into it. It's a very, very powerful question because if we, when we're doing the planning for the pitch, when we're sitting down and planning what we're going to say as part of the recommendation of the customer to hopefully get them to lean in and make a purchasing decision, when we're asking that question, so what, it forces us to say, okay, these features may be fantastic. That recommendation may well be a legitimate course of action that we would expect any customer to take given the problem they've got. But the question, so what, says, okay, now let's start taking it away from the features of the product and now let's start focusing on, well, what is the benefit to the customer or the impact to the customer by taking on this particular recommendation? So the question, so what, really enables us to empathize a little bit more and moves us away from being, and I say this respectfully, a little bit more respectful and empathetic and less self-indulgent because there are many people out there that believe so strongly in their product that anybody that criticizes them, it's like, my God, you're uh, you're shooting Bambi. Um, so the question, so what, forces empathy. And so when you take those recommendations, when you think about those and you ask the question, so what, you then have to start thinking about, okay, well, what are the benefits to the customer by taking on this recommendation? And irrespective of the product, the service, or whatever you are selling, 
the benefits are going to come down into one of five different categories. Category number one is your solution potentially is going to create an opportunity for your customer to make money. Now, if you can articulate that, if you can show the bottom line benefit to the customer that if they take on your solution, it will definitively enable them to to diversify their income or bring on new income streams or increase their profitability, then there's a higher probability of them to lean forward and say, hmm, this is something worth investigating because there's something in it for them. You win, they win. So the first key benefit is maybe it's going to enable them to make money. The second pillar or the second category is your solution may in fact enable them to save money. And there's a lot of organizations now, particularly in 2023 with the cost of living pressures going up, that are looking for ways to cut costs. So if your solution is enabling them to save money, and this is not a price discussion, we're not going to be talking about discounting, we're talking about value as we talked about yesterday. It is all about how do I create value where they can have a bottom line impact that's positive and they can save some money and through that process get great service, then that might well be enough as a benefit for them to make a buying decision. The third category is maybe the solution is going to enable them to save time. In 2023, there's so much pressure on organizations to improve the way they do business, to improve their business models, to improve their um, their go-to-market strategy. So there's any opportunity where an organization can improve productivity or can save time is very much a legitimate benefit to that organization. If you think about things like supply chain, if they can save time by getting a product from a, a manufacturer into the end consumer in a shorter amount of time, that often relates to and has a direct benefit in terms of revenue and in many cases, profitability. So if there's a solution you can provide that enables an organization to save time in the way that they do business, that sometimes will be enough for them to say, yeah, we need to, we need to at least lean in and talk about this solution in a little bit more detail and potentially take on this particular solution. So the first three categories, making money, saving money, and saving time. The, th- the fourth category is often companies and organizations, and in some cases, individuals within organizations will make decisions based on profile. So how is this solution that you're putting in place going to enhance the, po- the profile or the reputation or the standing within a business or within a community or within an enterprise or within a marketplace of this particular organization. So if there's an opportunity for that profile to be increased, and it could be reputational, it could be just looking better, it could be market penetration in terms of visibility, that often is a benefit that organizations look at as a catalyst for making purchasing decisions. And the final category around the benefits is feeling good. And this is about reducing risks and increasing levels of Comfort. There's many organizations that will be looking at how do they minimize their risk, how do they minimize their exposure, and if your solution can help them do that, then they're more likely to lean in and want to know more about that particular solution. But all of these benefit categories, making money, saving money, saving time, looking good and feeling good, only comes from that question and that real deep analysis of answering the question, so what? And if we can get better and better at that, then it means it's a lot easier for us to go and sit in front of a customer and not just talk about our features and our recommendations, but also really delve deeply into what is the benefit going to be to them as an organization and sometimes to them as an individual. So we've got to ask that question, so what? And then the third key area of the persuasive cycle is another two, two-worded question is says who, right? So after the benefits that we put in place, it's really incumbent on us as sales leaders and salespeople to think about 
okay, how can I back up this benefit? I've given a recommendation, I've, I've articulated that there's going to be a benefit. What sort of evidence can I bring to the table that's going to enable the customer to really get involved in this and really delve deeply into their own psyche and say, yeah, I really need to take action on this particular product or this particular service. And this is all about evidence, gathering evidence and providing, providing proof points that can justify and back up the benefits that we put on the table. And it's about gathering facts. What sort of facts can you use as irrefutable proof that this is an absolute no-brainer? What sort of statistics can you bring to the table? So for example, 99.9% .9 of all statistics are made up on the spot. Now, most people, when they hear a statistic, they have a level of credibility that's automatically associated with that statistic. Whether it's absolute rubbish or not, most people have to take that on before they can dispel it. However, if there's statistics that's linked to something of credibility, such as, hey, according to a Harvard University study, they've proven over a number of, a number of years that 99.9% .9 of all statistics are made up on the spot, there's a large, larger level of credibility that's associated with that. So statistics is another great form of evidence that you might be able to bring to the table, as is case studies, as is testimonials. And what these are in particular is social proof. And when you think about influencing, a lot of people like to make decisions not simply based off the feature of a product or the benefit they might gain from that product, but who else has used this product and what have they experienced? And particularly, if there's an organization or there's people who are very similar to your customer who have used your product and gained the benefits that they have from that product, from that solution, there's a high probability of your customer doing the same thing because they'll resonate with that third party. So thinking about that as well. So that's the persuasive cycle. Thinking about the recommendation or the features, asking that question, so what? turning it into benefits and then asking the question, says who, and providing the evidence. So out of today's episode, the challenge I'd love to issue is, is this. So it's a pretty simple one. So for all of the conversations you're thinking about having, all the planning you're doing, all the meetings you're about to plan, all the things you're putting down in place in relation to uh, proposals, uh, letters, emails, or even about to have some conversations verbally, ask yourself the question, so what? Whenever you put something down on the table, and whenever you write something down on a piece of paper, just ask yourself the question, so what? Because that will give you a little bit of a deeper insight in terms of what you might need to know, which will help you frame the conversation even further. And it's what I do with every single episode. I'm always asking myself the question, so what? If you're going to talk about this topic, so what? So it's all designed to hopefully be more empathetic for, for you, the listener, but also in the context of sales, more empathetic for the purchaser being your customer. So I trust that message helps and I trust that message resonates and hopefully it's a message that hits you right at the right time because there may be a conversation you're about to have that asking that question, so what, could give you some insights that will make the difference, that makes all the difference in your ability to give, deliver the results and get you well on your way to becoming that exceptional sales leader. So thank you very much for plugging into the podcast. A key reminder, that when you are ready to work together, you'd like to have a conversation with me about uh, me being a mentor to you, love to have that conversation. Simply go to leadwithdarren.com. We'll have a sit down over Zoom, have a conversation about what you're looking to achieve, what's been happening, what's the uh, plan for the next three plus months, and uh, let's start working together. So I very much look forward to that. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it, but also if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com 
and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.